Hi, and welcome to the Green with Tiffany podcast. I'm your host, Tiffany Page. And in this show, we'll explore topics of sustainable living, all aspects of health and wellness of people and planet, and how we're all interconnected. Join us on this journey to live better and more sustainably by improving our health, our families, and the world with the choices that we make. Hi, and welcome to the Green with Tiffany podcast. I am here with Claire Hoppy of LA Relaxed. She's the creative director. Hey, Claire, how are you? Hi, Tiffany. And we are going to be talking sustainable fashion. It is a big one. And I'm your host, Tiffany Page. So Claire and I spoke about a year ago, maybe maybe a little longer now. We were doing, I was doing Clubhouse before I launched my podcast. And we had a great conversation. And, you know, Clubhouse just comes and goes. And I thought, oh, that was so, so much information that was given. Let's do it again. So here we are. We're going to do uh, another talk. And of course, time's gone by. So things have changed. And we were a little bit more deep in the pandemic at the time. How are you, Claire? What's happening in the sustainable fashion world? I'm sure a lot. I'm good. Thank you. Um, A lot is always happening. Um, As you know, things are constantly shifting and we're always learning. And on our end, always trying to innovate and improve and better ourselves. I think I discovered LA Relaxed. Well, you launched in 2015. Is that when the birth of LA Relaxed came? And uh, I was doing a fashion show that I was also covering. And Dana, the owner, gave me a dress, and ooh, I was I was a I was a customer for life after that, uh, client for life. So uh, it was so comfortable. I don't know what it was now if I think about it, but it was probably like a modal uh, dress, and you know, just been been with you ever since. So what I love about what LA Relax does is there's a lot of talk of sustainable fashion out there now, and. All the different brands that you may know, and I'm just going to throw one out just to say like, like a Banana Republic, say, right? These, these big brands and they, a lot of them have a sustainability arm now, right? Where they're trying, uh, which I know we've talked about in the past, which you appreciate them getting in the game. But to me, it's not just about, okay, you used a sustainable material. Okay. You used organic cotton. Great. Where did it, who made it? Where did it come from? How did you ship it? All of that matters. And that's where LA Relax comes in because they take that all into account uh, under one roof, right? That's right. I think that it's so important to ask these questions about where it came from and how it was made because without that, you can't understand the full picture of sustainability. Right. And so something that I was reading about for you is so interesting that with this under one roof story that you're telling is from the design to the, to how you source the material, um, to the pattern. Can you go into the steps that it is, but it's literally under a hundred steps to make a garment. That's pretty impressive. Thank you. So this concept came about, um, as you know, over the past few years, something we've all heard so much about is the carbon footprint. And we just felt that that didn't, even encapsulate what we do because we're not doing global shipping and importing yarn from here and garments from here and, you know, doing all these things that a lot of um, mass market brands do. So we went and counted the steps that it takes to get a garment from 
our pattern room and the development phase to our sample maker to the cutting table once we're going into production and then on through the sewing line, the finishing line. And as we walk through our factory, because it's all under one roof, we were able to count those steps and it's less than 100 steps per garment. So rather than a carbon footprint, we have carbon footsteps, so to speak. I love that. So LA Relaxed is, of course, based in Los Angeles, uh, downtown Los Angeles. And how long have you been on board, Claire? So I came on board um, in 2018 as the creative director and designer. And it's been such an incredible journey to have this sort of domestic experience and really be able to dig into the behind the scenes nitty gritty details of how to get a garment made in America, which as you know, is not that common these days. Which is very sad. It's too bad that it wasn't already implemented or kept that way as we've moved on. But I guess, you know, everybody's looking for cheaper, the cheaper garment, right? If you can go to a Target and buy, well, everything's going up in price now. So that $5 t-shirt is probably a $9 t-shirt, but nobody really knows what that means, what, what you're wearing, what, what went into that piece. And, you know, there's the disposable fashion, which I think people are jumping on board now and caring more about where their items are from and, and want people, which is why I think sustainable fashion is sort of moving forward, but there's so many buzzwords and I don't think the education of what it really means to be sustainable is of course not quite in place yet. So that's why I really love what you do and hoping that the education part can can come into play as well. What are some new lines? So you're a limited run that you do, which I love. You can, I mean, I think the buzzword for that could be different things, right? It could be like limited run or small batch or capsule collection, whatever resonates with you. But what I love about that is it's if you see something that you like, you have to get it right then because it's not going to be there anymore. So other than it being like made to measure like a couture, it's almost like a couture. It's almost like a one of a kind piece, right? Because you do this this limited run. Absolutely. Does that just depend on the material available or, or what, what goes on to make that decision? So we look at it a couple different ways. Um, the first way would be if the material is limited. So let me give you an example. We recently found a really gorgeous um, cotton plaid that um, there was only a few rolls of, so just really a few hundred yards. And we created a pant, um, our Lucille pant, and we were only able to cut uh, just under 100 pieces of it out of this fabric. And we won't be getting more fabric. We're not going to order or, you know, weave more fabric because the whole goal was to use this beautiful fabric that there was only a limited amount of. So we cut and sewed this pant. Um, it's almost sold out. And when it's gone, it's gone. And another reason that we might do a limited run is if we're looking to test out a new style and we want to see if it resonates with our customers, if it's something that is going to become a you know core piece of ours that's really that works and and when something becomes a core piece it has to meet that criteria that it's seasonless uh, it's flattering the fit is impeccable and it's something that people feel good in so we may test something out in a very limited quantity and once we know that this is an item that our customers love we will produce more of it uh, it may be in a different fabric it may be in a different color so we never want to have waste and excess inventory. So a limited run is a great way to do that. That is great. And then what you have is almost is more special because 
there's not thousands and thousands of them out there, you know, that's a little bit less. So I really like that idea. And you were talking about a seasonal item. So the other piece that what I think sustainable fashion can do is not be in that rat race of constantly keeping up with the next season, next season, next season, and you follow your own schedule and what works. How, how do you decide? I mean, obviously, if it's cold weather or warm weather, but what, what do you do? What do you follow as far as a, a calendar? Well, luckily, because we are made domestically and we don't have to worry about import schedules and delays, we can work a little bit closer to when we're dropping something. Um, and so, therefore, if we've got, you know, a great fabric that we know is going to be a nice, cozy fall or winter fabric, we, we're not ordering tons of it. We don't have to push this heavily uh, season-based model. We can make, you know, a run of sweatshirts. And we also try to use fabrics that are really breathable because they're natural fibers. And so they're great for layering. They're great for the shifting, you know, season. Um, even here in California, as you know, throughout the day, it can go from cold to hot within a couple of hours. So I think the, the concept of layering, breathability is key, but also not heavily following trend because trend comes and goes and that's not very sustainable. Um, so we try to create pieces that you can see in your closet for years to come. Um, and again, with that comes quality. It has to be able to last. And being able to do something under one roof gives us that attention to detail to make sure something is constructed properly. I think that's really important. And then you have those pieces that you can keep. I love to keep my pieces. So even if I have fashion that's not sustainable, I mean, I've had it for 10, 15 years because I find piece, I find pieces that don't really go out of style. So, And I've had this one for a really long time. I yeah, love I love that piece. It's actually, I love the print on it. It's so great. But the dead stock fabric, this is something that is so interesting. So when you work with a fabric mill, they have extra fabric that might have been used for something else or created for something else. And then this extra fabric is then nobody keeps it. You think that everything's kept until it's used completely, but that's not the case. It's thrown away and you're able to collect it if you like or have an idea to use with that fabric. Is that right? Or how do you, how do you as LA Relax and Claire use the fabric? It, yes, you're exactly right. Um, sometimes it's uh, just a couple hundred yards left over. Sometimes it's an entire production run that was maybe rejected because of the color being slightly off. And if it's a custom fabric, the mill can't do anything with it. They don't necessarily have another customer for it. Um, or maybe it's not enough to sell as a full lot. And this is where we love to get creative because rather than see that fabric go to waste, you know, we want to create something beautiful and useful out of it. We don't want to send it to a landfill. Um, even if it's not our fabric that we've, you know, ordered, um, we just hate to see that kind of waste. And so this is an opportunity to take that fabric, turn it into something, even if it's not a sustainable base fiber, kind of like you alluded to, if it's something that's going to be well-crafted and kept forever, um, that's just as responsible in a different way. And we feel like it's our job uh, because we have this opportunity locally to do something with that and then also to educate the customer about what that means. That's a very good point about being just responsibly made, not necessarily the material itself, because if that's going to be thrown away anyway, 
at least do something amazing with it. It reminds when you were talking about it, it reminded me of those those chef shows where they have people on and they give them like three ingredients in the refrigerator and they're like, go and you have to make something you know, amazing with it. So it's the same thing. You have this fabric. What can we do that's different with this fabric? So I love that you're doing that. And to be honest, I'm kind of shocked that there is so much waste of that fabric, that there's not something in place. And I don't know what that is, a middleman or something that then works with the fabric so that it doesn't just get thrown away. Yes, there are more companies popping up to try to solve this problem, um, whether they're you know recycling the fabric, um, which to me isn't ideal all the time unless it's scrap. Um, and there are companies here in LA that are trying to bridge that gap and you know take the dead stock from the mills before it gets to the landfill and, and try to resell it. But it is a very slowly growing sort of, industry behind the scenes. The couple things that I looked at, well, one is Banana Republic. They have this, like I was saying earlier, the sustainability arm. And it says that they are 87% on target for 100% sustainable cotton by 2023 or something like that. And I thought, well, what does that mean? Sustainable cotton is not organic cotton. So that's one of those, I feel like they're weaving something that's not really there. What does that, what do you, what does that mean? Do you know? Well, I do know that it's getting increasingly hard to find fully certified organic cotton. Um, The GOTS Foundation is not certifying cotton out of certain countries and origin points right now. And so the supply is getting really limited. So a lot of bigger companies that need to mass produce are trying to find alternatives. So they're going with, you know, BCI or some other kind of standard, which, you know, I appreciate. Um, But I think the larger problem is that a lot of companies are motivated by fear right now that they're going to get called out or, you know, people will stop buying from them because they're not sustainable. And so they're trying to find buzzwords and workarounds and get into that greenwashing zone to sell themselves as sustainable. And so there's a lot of placating going on. And again, I think it's fear-based and that's not a good place to come from. That's not where creativity and transparency comes from. And I think that a lot of your average consumer may not even understand. So we really try to just be very honest and open about our sourcing, our fabric, our materials, our manufacturing process to try to counteract that because that's all we can do. Yes. And I know that when we talked before, you had mentioned because you're a responsible company, a sustainable fashion company, that you're held to even higher standards because you claim that, right? Versus somebody else who has a has regular fashion and then they have this other, you know, sustainability that they're bringing in. And that's so interesting to me that not that you don't pass it because of course you do, but that people are are a lot harder on the people who are really the ones that are doing it right. So I find that like my head tilts a little bit like, huh, how does that work? Just to be, just to clear up, uh, GOTS, the global organic textile standard is, is that one of the highest standards or certifications for organic cotton? It is. And so what Claire was saying, I guess, is it's it's harder to get that certification. So is that, I'm interested now because 
Is that because more people are trying to get in a sustainable fashion and there's less cotton available under that certification? Or is it a supply chain of what's happening now or less workers or like, where do we, do we know where it's coming from? Well, I think it's happening. Um, the root cause is really a, a lack of transparency from some of the farms and mills that were producing and growing the actual cotton plant and then, you know, sending it to be spun. And I think there was definitely some corruption happening um, among that supply chain. And so GOTS raised their standards and they got really, they came down a lot harder on what, this is what's required. This is what the proof is. Um, and so there's whole countries now that are not being certified at the moment. Hopefully that will change. So that of course led to an immediate um, lack of supply to meet the demand. And like you said, more and more companies are looking to use organic cotton. So there's a lot more competition to get that yarn, um, especially with the shipping supply chain breakdown that we're seeing. Wow, it's such a big deal because on the one hand, you want it to go in that direction. And on the other hand, how does that affect everything? And how does it affect a smaller company, you know, not being able to get their hands on the cotton kind of thing? You know, the if you just think about buying a regular cotton shirt, just for people listening, and it's not organic, it is probably genetically modified cotton, especially here in the US, probably abroad as well. I don't know how many what the farms are doing. But what that means is that it's able to withstand heavy, heavy doses of pesticides and herbicides. And so, you know, it destroys the soil. It, it, it's harmful to the worker. Then you're putting that on your body and you might think like, oh, well, I'll just wash it before I wear it. But it is in the fiber, right? That mm-hmm. that chemical is in the fiber. So you, you want to go organic as much as possible. And um, while I'm happy they raised the standards, I'm not happy that it's harder to get. Is it harder for you uh, as a company to get, or do you already have your people in place that you work with? Well, luckily, because we have such strong relationships with local mills, they are able to, you know, set aside um, stock for us and make sure that we have what we need. Uh, If we were relying on import and fabric that was knit overseas and, you know, put on a ship, we would be in trouble right now. But because we've got these relationships in our supply chain, we own so much of it. It's it's able we're able to navigate it for now. Well, that's good. Um, to know. But that brings me to another point, which is it's not just the fiber. Um, you know, I think any company that is not at least trying to manufacture some of their product in the market where they're selling it, I, I don't know how they can really claim to be responsible or sustainable. Yes. But they do, right? That's what they're doing, (laughs) unfortunately. So I know, so do you, do we want these bigger companies to try? Are they too big to be completely sustainable in, in, in the immediate, in the immediate future? You know, like an H&M, like a Banana Republic. Well, I think that some of it depends on what we call sustainable. And for us, um, even though using natural fibers is so important to us, the sustainability really starts with the people and it's about your local economy, creating jobs, paying people fairly, making sure they have safe working conditions. And I think if we could extend the definition of sustainability to include that and even start there, companies would be a lot more motivated to do the right thing. Um, Unfortunately, we saw in the nineties and early two thousands, so much manufacturing move overseas to 
you know, create a bigger profit margin. And that has had a whole ripple effect throughout the world and throughout our local communities. Um, skills were lost, jobs were lost, and a whole generation of people or more was not able to learn these skills. And so that's why we're having, you know, a hard time um, owning our own manufacturing as a country. But I think every company can take steps to, you know, take ownership back with that. I think that's really important to really understand what that means as far as the umbrella of sustainability and how it trickles down, not to just the actual item being sustainable, but like you said, like the workers getting a living wage. I mean, happy employees is just a happy collaboration and a happy place to work and a great product and made with love, which I'm, I think is the most important. And then being able to keep it local, of course, and all the other components that go into it, the relationships with the mills, how you source the fabric, um, how the packaging. So that's always a big one for me. And you're using this great compostable packaging now. Is that still uh, easily available? I feel like everything is sort of, I don't know, as I talk to people, things are a little harder to get. Are you finding that as well? Uh, well, we're sourcing our packaging, um, again, from American-made companies. And so right now, we're not having any trouble finding that. We've got our compostable glassine bags. We've got recycled cardboard for our boxes and shipping containers. And we love using that, not only because it's more responsible, but it just creates a better experience for the customer. It's beautiful. And to know that that's not going to sit in a landfill for 30 years is incredible. So important. And that's, that's what I mean when I, when I, the companies that I support like you, that I talk about who are doing it not only right from the start, but even if they're switching over, they're doing all aspects of their business in a responsible way or a sustainable way or what the word we want to use. But it is the word, I guess, is responsible. You have to want to care to do it because it's, it is an extra or 10 or 12 steps to do it that way, right? You have to, I think because it was already put in place in a different way and whatever was easy and cheap is the way everybody went. But if you stop and care about the choices that you make and the, the materials that you're using or the packaging, you just kind of have to unlearn what you've learned, I guess, with some of these companies and and do it right in all in all aspects. And so that's why I'm such a supporter of LA Relaxed. Thank you. And what you do, and I appreciate it. And what uh, what's coming up? I mean, we've got the holidays coming. Not that it's not that we want to do extra consumption of buying, but there are if you're going to be giving gifts, gift giving, it's uh it's a great it's a great company to do it with. Do you have anything special coming coming up? We do. So something I'm personally really excited about is um, our holiday collection. We have some sustainable velour and velvet that we were able to develop, which has been very hard to find. It's a fabric I've wanted to use for quite a while. It's so rich and cozy and really evokes the holiday spirit. So we've got some sets coming out. We've got dresses. We've got scarves. Um, we've got some outerwear coming um, it's all a mix of either dead stock or natural fibers. Um, and I think it's going to be, well, it's certainly things that I want for myself, but they do make excellent gifts. It sounds wonderful. I love it. So LA Relaxed, being that we are a little more relaxed in LA, is 
more of an elevated casual wear? How would you how would you describe it? Well, I think for me as the designer, I want to make sure that these are items that people are going to reach for every day because they make them feel good. They look good. And then, of course, that they're, you know, wearing natural fibers and things that are healthier for them and the environment. Um, But it's that functionality. I love beautiful, you know, upscale fashion as much as the next person. But that's not what we wear on a day to day basis in our lives. We want things that really live with us. We're not scheduling and centering our day around what we're wearing. These pieces have to work. So that's where I always start from. That's great. And you can move them from from day to evening, maybe just change some certain things up a little bit. What makes velour or velvet uh, a sustainable material? I don't know what the material is actually made out of. Well, a conventional velour would have poly in it, uh, polyester, mm-hmm. plastic, um, you know, it uses a ton of chemicals to produce it. Uh, it doesn't break down. Um, makes for a very nice, easily dyeable, rich fabric, but it's about as far from sustainable as you could get. So we worked with our local mill to develop a blend of modal and organic cotton. And it's just as beautiful, if not more than any conventional uh, velour I've ever seen. And it feels so good on the skin. That's incredible. So you develop, you help develop the material. We do. And oh, that's a big deal. We also make sure that we're dyeing it with uh, Blue Sign certified dyes. So these dyes are safer for your skin, but they're also not being drained into the streets and polluting the local watersheds, which is a huge problem um, in some countries with dye houses and even here. But we only work with Blue Sign certified dye houses. And that's another important factor between water usage, and then, of course, the chemicals that go in the water after it's been used, and where does it get drained? Another aspect of manufacturing that sometimes really isn't considered. And if it's just let out into streams and lakes, especially overseas, I had read an article that you could tell what color was the was in season, the fashionable season color, say it was yellow, right? Because the streams and lakes would be yellow from the dye release. I mean, that's just horrific to even know that that's something that's allowed. Why? I can't believe we allow it. But so yes, that would that's a, a great aspect to have a more thoughtful dyeing process. Well, I'm excited to try the velour and velvet for sure. What is going on with, so what I wore a lot of is what you guys were calling the cloud fleece or plant-based cashmere. Yes. I love the feel of that. Are are we doing anything more with that coming up? We are. We've actually got a couple of items on the site right now. We have a beautiful dress. Um, It's got some corset style detail. It's got pockets. It feels like a big blanket, but it looks like a beautiful dress. Um, And we've also got um, our LA shirt, which is a nice button up kind of like casual California style shirt with a little bit of a tailored elevated twist. So we've still got that same beautiful fabric. And what we're doing is just moving it into pieces that are a little bit more functional, a little bit less loungy um, and things that you're going to want to live in. Um, I, I, I do love it. It's, I call it cashmere without the goats. That's so important. It's great. Yeah. It, this material, I'm just, I'm crazy about it. It's actually in my suitcase right now. I brought it with me. I do love it. So for people listening, the 
fashion industry uh, is one of the most polluting industries along with fossil fuels and agriculture. And so, and yet it's still, you know, it employs like, I don't think I read like 80 million people like globally or something. That's a lot of, that's a lot. And we all want fashion. But if we don't start to move into a place where it is truly more res- responsible and more sustainable, if you use that word, but but truly, truly responsible and sustainable, not just to sell more clothes because people are asking for it. So I just think that is, it's, you know, such a big deal. And I I appreciate that more people are wanting it and asking for it, but we have to support the brands that are doing it right from the start and doing it in always. So you have a sustainability report, right? Your first one was in 2020, had some great information in it, and you did 2021, which I haven't seen yet. What are some of the aspects that are in a sustainability report? So for us, it's a little bit different than maybe a bigger company that's working overseas. Um, We obviously are tracking our emissions still. Um, However, when it comes to emissions, it's more like the trip from the mill to our warehouse and what, you know, the 10 miles it takes and the amount of gasoline used, as opposed to, you know, a boat coming overseas or needing to fly in something that's going to be late. So we're, we're tracking those emissions. They're very low as a result of our local supply chain. Uh, we're also, of course, looking at the fibers we're using and what those percentages are. Um, we've shifted heavily over the past couple of years into organic cotton and linen because those are fibers that are so long lasting and durable that not only is the fiber sustainable and healthy, but it's not going to break down. It's not going to get pilled uh, or, or fall apart um, from a lot of use. And we want these pieces to, to get a lot of use out of them. Uh, and then also as part of our sustainability report, we're looking at the people. We're looking at the amount of jobs we have, how those jobs have grown. We're looking at uh, what we're paying, um, which is a living wage, which is not just a living wage, but a living wage for LA County, which is high. That's a big deal. <laughs> That's a big deal. No easy task. Yes. Um, and we're also looking at just our overall environment and uh, what we are creating for our employees. And it has to be collaborative. It has to be safe and it has to be fair. Yes. And that's all a part of the umbrella of, you know, it truly being something that's sustainable and responsibly made. You were talking about the material. So the materials that LA Relaxed uses is organic cotton linen, like my shirt, the dead stock, and that could be whatever materials available that you have a creative idea with. And then the Lyocell and the Model, and that's under the the Tencel, Tens, is it Tencel? Tencel? Yes, the um, Tencel brand. brand, which is um, created by the Lensing Corporation out of Austria. And I do love those fabrics because they are so soft and silky you can make any high-end feeling fabric, um, like a, our cashmere style fleece. Um, you can get like a silk style uh, fabric, a cupro, things like that, um, all made out of plants. And the great thing that sets them apart is that they use a circular process for their finishing of the yarn. 
So they are using less water, um, they're using less chemicals, and they're recycling the water and chemicals that they do use. So these things aren't just, you know, leaking into the ground. They're being very responsibly used and disposed of. Fantastic. I see more companies doing Modal. So Modal is the beechwood tree, the pulp, and the uh, lyocell is eucalyptus. That's right. right. Yeah. You know, I recently very recently last week, we had to cut down a family tree in the backyard, not by choice. This was out of our hands. I tried everything to save it. And when the tree was chopped down, the it was a beautiful canary pine. I've never seen clothing out of canary pine, but the wood was so beautiful and amazing. It was a healthy tree. I mean, very sappy. So I don't know that it would work for something like clothing. But what I thought was so interesting is the people that cut it down were probably hired at a very low wage. So not that they did a bad job, but there was this was their job. They loaded it in the truck. I mean, I kept many pieces. And then I thought maybe they sell it or they're going to use it to make things with. And he told me it just goes to a landfill. This amazing like 80-foot tall tree with the most beautiful wood goes to a landfill. And because there's no there's just, just no middle person to help out with this situation. And so I found that very parallel and interesting that the same with fashion is like this stuff just goes to a landfill, viable, you know, viable pieces or materials. And I just thought, wow, we, we, how did we set it up this way? We've got to be doing, we've got to do it differently. We are as a society, so focused on innovation and the future and finding new ways to do things. And I think that's often backwards. I think we we know how to be sustainable. Most of the world has operated that way for the time that we humans have been alive. I think looking back um, as you know, recently as 50 to 100 years ago would solve a lot of problems and would really minimize the waste. Everything can be used. That tree could become wooden planks. It could become furniture. It could become mulch at least to you know improve the soil quality there's so many things and that's just one example we can look at everything we're using and find these solutions they're not complicated they're not difficult and we can all do something to um, improve our lives and to reduce our waste well said absolutely and for sure i'm hoping that's the direction that we're going claire i feel that I feel that with the time that's going by, more and more people are coming forward and wanting to see what companies are doing and asking some of these questions and and choosing to care. What are three tips that you could give some of the listeners on sustainable fashion? Well, I think I, I really honestly can condense it down into one tip, which is <laughs> going to be sound unusual coming from a clothing company, but it's really buying less. We all have to consume less. And I think if we do need something, whether it's clothing, furniture, um, or some kind of daily object that we need to use, we need to support with our dollars, those sustainable companies, those responsible companies. But I think we all need to take a step back from consumer culture and just buy less. That's the simplest thing. That's the cheapest thing. That is a very good tip for sure. And I know it's hard for some people. I mean, I have, 
I have a lot of clothes. I do. And, but I like to keep them because I don't want to keep rebuying them. And I keep things even for them to kind of circle back around and come back in style for some pieces. And they do. So I've had things for a very long time. And then you kind of buy one or two pieces to kind of update things. But I, I think for the average woman or girl, I, sometimes I'm, I, I just feel that that is probably hard for them because they just want to like have the newest thing. And I'm hoping that in the society that we're moving forward with, that it moves more towards, you know, buying less and buying more quality pieces that, that last. And, you know, I know the, some of the sustainability fashion influencers out there, you know, they do a lot of um, thrifting, like thrifting is a big deal that you could go do. So there are ways to, you know, still get something new, but not necessarily buying new, new because it's already out there. So, well, what made you choose to care in, in this way? Were you always in fashion? Yes, I was lucky enough uh, right out of school to work for some companies that were probably some of that very small sliver that's actually producing in the United States uh, or in L.A. So for me, it was second nature to be able to see, you know, a warehouse full of sewers um, and be able to have my hands on the product immediately off the machine and look at the quality, look at the color and be really involved and hands-on in the process. So I never really knew any other way. Um, Of course, LA Relaxed, uh, my opportunity here has been able to really take that to the next level. But I think as far as the caring part, it's really about survival at this point. We have to be able to do these things in order to, to survive, in order to not harm ourselves, harm the earth. It's just crucial. I don't see any other way to do it. I agree. What I love is that you've done it that way from all along. So you didn't have to really unlearn anything or relearn something new. It was how you started. And so all you can do now is build on top of that, which is so awesome. I love that. Well, LA Relaxed, they're here in Los Angeles. You can find them, uh, larelaxed.com. Are you in any boutiques or stores or are you online? We are uh, very excited that we are expanding into some select boutiques. I think one of the things that sets us apart is the way that our fabrics feel. And so it was important for us to be able to get in front of some people um, and not just through our website. Um, So we've got a store locator on our site now where you can type in your zip code and see if there's a local boutique nearby carrying you. Uh, we're we're in many, many states now, um, which is so exciting. And we hope to continue to expand that part of the business. Other than that, you can find us, like you said, on the website. And we do offer free exchanges and returns. So it's a great way for people if they're really hesitant, but they do want to give us a try to, to be able to try us. That's really exciting. Congratulations. on it. I think it's so important. The feel, I mean, here we're telling you, so you you have our our I have you have my word on it. It's so so soft and comfortable. The materials I just love them. So, but it is people want to touch, and I feel like sometimes that's the 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 way things are moving, and so much stuff is online now that you don't actually get to have that that touch and that feel that 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 I personally love. So I'm I'm happy that you have that as an option as well. Because once you go LA relax with some of these materials, you'll never go back. They are amazing. So if you're listening, Claire is going to give us a $100 gift card that you'll be able to use um, and 
buy yourself something amazing from LA Relaxed. So if you want to head over to the greenwithtiffany.com website, sign up for uh, the Greenwood Tiffany newsletter. And from there, I will take your name and we will put it in um, what I'm using, something called Random Picker. It's kind of fun. So, And I'll do it live so you, everyone can watch and you put the names in this Random Picker and then the name will come up and then you'll be the winner and we'll and Claire will send you the gift card. How's that sound? That'll be fun. That'll be a little uh, early Christmas gift for y'all. Well, I thank you, Claire, for joining us and thank you so much for what you do with LA Relaxed. And I hope that you are um, an example and a guide for other companies to follow uh, in your footsteps from doing it. What I say, I hate to point out right or wrong, but I say doing it right from the start and doing it right in all aspects of responsible and sustainable fashion. So I thank you. Thank you, Tiffany. Um, and thank you for caring and for supporting brands like us and sharing about them because that is the best way to get our message across. I'm so happy to hear that. It is very important to me. And, and I always, I always say, you know, like you were saying, you can, you can vote with your dollars and that's what I do. So I support the brands that are, are, are doing it right or in, in my eyes and, and, and you're definitely one of them. So I thank you. Thank you. Well, LA relaxed, larelaxed.com. I encourage you to try a piece or two or three because that's what I've been wearing. And I mean, I just, they're so comfortable. You're going to fall in love. So thank you, Claire Hoppy of LA Relax, the creative director, and can't wait to see what's next. Looking forward to the holiday collection. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please rate, review, subscribe, and share on Apple Podcasts. It would mean the world to me. You can find me at greenwithtiffany.com and on Instagram. Till next time, choose to care.